welcome to another episode of the MHR podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Andy. And this week we are doing a very special episode in recognition of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we have invited our very lovely colleague Jamie onto the podcast today. Hello Jamie. Hi. Um, And we're going to be talking a little bit about your recent trek that you completed uh, to raise awareness and money for Copper Trek. And we're also going to have a bit of a chat about how we can have more open conversations and better manage these kind of diagnoses and treatments in the workplace. So, first and foremost, tell us everything about the trek. Did you have the best time? It was incredible. Um, I mean, what Copperfield do is a charity. So they raise um, funds to educate people on breast cancer awareness in the young. Um, so there was 120 women, um, and we trekked for five days in um, Mont Blanc Valleys. It was just life-changing, actually, life-affirming. And how was the camping? Um, I actually like camping. Who knew? Really? <laughs> yes. Um, didn't freak out. That's a very big step. For those of you that don't know, Jamie, <laughs> you wouldn't put Jamie in a camping situation, but no. actually, you embraced it. I'm proud of you. I did. I'm Thank proud you. of you. But it's all for a great cause, and it was yes. something that you made us more aware about. Obviously, we work with you, and a lot of people know you around the organisation mm-hmm. for what you've done, but it really helped shine a light on us as a business as terms of the charity that you were working with and what it does and why it was important. So it was a really nice internal education point for us as a company, just seeing what you've done and what you had achieved. And I suppose that's kind of why we wanted to hear more from you today so we could understand how businesses can learn more about people in their workforce Mm -hmm. who are very aware of something they're going through or or people who are struggling or need support and are looking to their business for for that kind of reaching out hand to go this is how we can support Mm -hmm. you in this scenario. Yeah, and I'm really lucky, like MHR really support, have supported me all the way through when I was diagnosed and up to the track as well, like I feel really supported by them, um, they're always there to, if I need anything or to raise awareness they'll help me, so that's really good. You do a lot of talks about breast cancer awareness as part of Copperfield and as part of all the work that you do. Um, and from your experience um, doing that to businesses or different um, um, be at places you work now or institutions like schools or colleges or anywhere that you can get in front of people doing this what are the main kind of takeaways that you're asking large work environments or schools to like what do you want them to be looking at first how can they be supporting their employees or their workers or their people okay so I think it's just to take this um, the lead from the employee because mm. When you're diagnosed, it's you're thrown into a world that you know nothing about. Mm. It can be quite scary. Mm. Um, and I think it's just taking that faith and trust in that employee that they need to handle it how they want to. Um, so you're there as, a, as an advisory. Not You're not there to tell somebody how they should be or how they should act or mm. what your personal maybe journey has been with a cancer diagnosis um, so you just need to make sure that they're supported that they're able to go to their appointments um, and I think also not everybody wants to shout about having a cancer diagnosis mm. so if somebody isn't comfortable talking about it and they want to keep it within a little bubble that's okay um, and if they still want to work as well I guess that's a point because some people do still want to work through a cancer diagnosis. I think that's a really great point there about understanding how to respect boundaries and that's mm-hmm. where that education element comes in as, as Andy's you know quite rightly mentioned there it's it can be considered a bit of a taboo subject still you know and and what is the appropriate way 
of managing a person or persons that is in that situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what you've said there about, you know, taking the lead from the employee and, and what they want. What would your what would your recommendation be in terms of what employers could get out of better taking that approach? So what can they gain from okay. being more considerate? Um, so you have loyal loyal em employees. Mm -hmm. um, you're retaining that value within the workforce, um, but also you're meeting those legal obligations as a business as well, because um, it is a protected characteristic um, yeah. to be able to. It just makes you look better as a business, I think. Is there an element there where we need to look at kind of manager training in terms of making sure mm -hmm. that we're looking at... Because from what I'm learning from what you're saying is you can't just treat someone the same way as everyone else because you've learned that someone might have a medical condition or a diagnosis mm -hmm. and put them down a standardised process. Everyone's different. Mm -hmm. Everyone's condition will be different. Everyone's scenario will be different. And as a result, they'll want to deal with their own thing in their own way. So it's more of an individual manager to employee relationship. How do we understand what's right for you and what do you need and how can we support you with that? I feel like pushing someone down an, a standardised process because the a company's decided that's what we do in this scenario isn't actually helpful. No, and I don't think you can approach it that yeah. way. I think everybody is different with how they want to handle it. Mm. But as a business as well, you also need to understand that you have got workload like that needs mm. to be completed. So it's having that regular interaction with the employee. If they're okay to work or they feel like they're okay to work, can they complete their role in the capacity mm. that they've got it at the minute? Yeah. Or do they need to adapt the way that that employee needs to needs to work? Um, and I definitely think that the conversations that like either HR or the managers have, there needs to be quite a lot of guidance given or maybe like self-education so that you're not putting your opinion onto that employee because it can be quite a stressful yeah. time. Well, it is a stressful time anyway. And I suppose there's an empathy element there, which is very tricky mm -hmm. because in certain scenarios you may have people that you're communicating this problem to that may have lived through a, certain, a similar experience. That yeah. There may be people that who completely haven't lived through that experience. Mm -hmm. And I suppose what's very unhelpful if you've got managers who don't know how to deal with that scenario is them trying to give you advice or guidance from a very ill-informed point of view, which mm -hmm. actually doesn't help you, that person. Yeah, it's um, not putting your opinion onto that yeah. person, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's having that mindfulness, isn't it? And, mm -hmm. and actually, we've we've got another episode that we're, we're shooting next week that's all around sort of mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, having that relationship between employer and employer of being mindful. And that absolutely applies in this sense as well in terms of physical health. Yep. You know, creating, and, and like I said previously, kind of respecting those boundaries and also just being that ear if that person so wants to have that ear, yeah, definitely. you know, to, to, to use. Um, I also think it's important whilst, you know, we've been talking about what employee, employers can do to better sort of manage these situations. But I also think it's important to shine a bit of a light today on actually a little bit more around the facts that we need to know and how we can better educate ourselves mm -hmm. around it. Um, so do you want to just talk us through some some kind of facts and figures about breast cancer awareness for yeah, the people that are listening? Okay, so you know, breast cancer is the biggest, um, well, the most common uh, cancer in the UK. So there's 55,000 women that are diagnosed every year with that. So if you think of that in terms of the workforce, I th um, it's quite a large number of people. Um, obviously, some people will be retired or don't work, but there's there's a lot that people that the workforces can do. There's also 400 men that are diagnosed with breast cancer every year. So it's not just. I think there's this theory around that it just affects women. It doesn't. It affects everybody. 
So considering the numbers you've just presented us there, mm -hmm. the amount of people who are being diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer, every yeah. year, that's a huge number of people who are actively in a workforce that are going to be looking for support from mm -hmm. their employer. There are lots of schemes that I know we try to do as an organisation, lots of others, but are there any ones when you've been talking to businesses or things like specific schemes or programmes that you felt are really effective or really useful that you push people towards when, when they're looking for support? Yeah, so I, I used our um, MHR Employee Assistance Programme. Um, it really helped me. And it wasn't just for me either. Like, my family were able to use that. So they had somebody to talk to if they felt that they, you know, couldn't maybe go to Maggie's or somewhere because it was at the height of COVID when I was diagnosed. Um, so that really helped. Um, there's a occupational health that I think most, that every company will have um, if you haven't got an employee assistance program um, and then there's obviously the other the standard ones so like Macmillan or Maggie's they can help and they also have advice for employers yes. um, as well as the person with a diagnosis that they can go on and get information from. Yeah. So what something that you do so well here is you bring that awareness into our organisation mm -hmm. through the charities that you work with. Do you do you think businesses should be doing more of that by looking at what champions they have within themselves to bring more awareness in? Because mm, I definitely. imagine it's way more effective hearing it from someone who has much more of a valid experience rather than having a top-down message. Because yep. otherwise it's just another incentive we've got on our emails. No, we want to connect with people we know about, we care about, mm. and hear how we can learn from them and their experiences to how we can support each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like one in two people will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. So, yeah. you know, when you th think about those stats, it's crazy. Um, I think as long as the employee is happy to talk about things, we should definitely use and utilise that more. In terms, there are other charities that you can use mm. to bring in to talk about things. Um, and they definitely should be utilised because there should be an awareness piece right I think yeah. a lot of the time it's a taboo subject people don't really want to talk about it openly if you haven't had a cancer diagnosis it can be a bit awkward to talk about with that person but 100% mm. we should definitely be utilizing those more okay. I think it's I think it's with um, <clears throat> you know and, and again I think we've, we've touched on this before with more of the mental health episodes that we've done is it's it's actually just opening those lines of communication mm -hmm. and having those conversations. It is. Um, so, you know, if, if a person does then go into that situation, they feel comfortable in the knowledge that they have an employer that understands, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, you know, what needs to happen here or what, what could happen here um, and that they know that they've got an outlet that they can go to, mm -hmm. you know, should they need it. Definitely. And it's also not just about going through that diagnosis is it like it's can't it doesn't just end when mm. you when your treatment's finished if you go through treatment it's that constant checking with the employee to make sure that they're okay and that they're dealing with things no definitely and like you say it, it's it's the after treatment it's the ongoing kind of side effects mm -hmm. that you get from post-diagnosis and post-treatment as well it's ensuring that you know you've got the security with your employer mm -hmm. that that's going to be managed yes. in a in a respectful and dignified way, mm -hmm. I think is the most important thing. So I think with all those facts and figures and kind of learning from your experience and how you've worked with us here, I think we've learned a lot about what we do as a business. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we've learned that we're doing some things right, but there's a lot more we can be considering. Hopefully, businesses have also found it useful now looking at what they can be doing to, uh, to, to offer more support and raise more awareness. So just want to say thank you for sharing that with us, Jamie, because I know that's thank obviously you. personal to yourself, mm -hmm. but it's something we're all passionate about and it's been Definitely. great to learn more about. So going back to your trek, um, obviously... Everyone here was very supportive. We did a lot of internal communications to make sure that we were supporting you mm -hmm. over there. Yeah. Um, 
can you tell us kind of how it felt coming back into the world of work and like what you've brought back from that tre trek into this environment? Um, I think it's quite a hard question actually, but coming back into work, it felt, I know that first day was very mm. strange for me. Mm. You've gone on this massive hike, well, trek. It was f five days of my life, but six months of my life working towards getting there. Um, and coming back, you just, I can't explain it. Um, it's something that maybe you'll do it one day. Um, but it definitely changes your life in the fact that you look at things a bit differently. You've been surrounded by 120 women. Not everybody's had breast cancer, but they have a link to it. Mm. Um, and just hearing those stories and understanding what people have lived with, it's, it just it puts things into perspective. And you were doing it particularly with the charity Copperfield. I was, yes. And you've, have you been working them for a number of years? Yeah, for nearly three years now. Brilliant. So um, Sorry. So I volunteer for them as Boobet. So we go into schools um, mm -hmm. and workplaces and educate um, on the importance of checking your chests. Amazing. Um, it was amazing to see you do it. We were obviously supporting you from afar. Yeah. We got yes. all the updates. Um, and to everybody that I does. think, I was going to say, I think I uh, bored people to death with the amount of times <laughs> I sent the Just Giving link out. I'd be yeah. like, come on, we've got to get <laughs> it to this next one. But you absolutely smashed your charity donation. You um, we were all really proud of you. You should be really proud of yourself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just a big thank you to you for sharing this. Thank you for bringing Copperfield into our workplace and educating us as well. Absolutely. And yeah, I'd, thank you. We'd like, we would more than welcome you back in the future if you've got any more updates for us how we can educate people going forward. Yeah, so definitely. fabulous. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Okay, so we actually have a special producer segment this week in that Jamie is actually one of the podcast producers. So we're going to be doing, we're going to be getting all of this live okay. on the podcast, which makes me a little bit nervous because we don't know what it is. Yeah. I think you'll be okay. You've I think got I'm this. ready. Oh, I don't know. Go on then. So, a few questions for you both. Mm -hmm. You've been listening. Okay. There's a few. There's a few that we haven't discussed here. So, no pressure, Andy. I'm, I'm listening. Is this, a, is this a competition? Oh, it can be. Can well, we it make is it now, isn't it? Yep. Sudden's going to lose. We've got this. You've got this. Thanks. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> we've touched on Copperfield today. So they're a mm -hmm. breast cancer awareness charity. We're aiming to educate more young people on the importance of checking. Um, for the signs and symptoms of the disease. So, in 2021, how many young people, which are they classes 18 to 24-year-olds, mm -hmm. did they um, reach with their platforms? Ooh. 18,000. 200,000. Okay, well, Emma, you're right. Well, the closest, not right. You're way off. Oh. So, 1,184,700 million people. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. that's crazy. In one year, right? Like, how amazing is that? My answer that is rubbish, incredible. You're, you need to have more faith. I think I heard I mean, so stat. do I, yeah, actually. I don't that's think you realise what the reach is of Copperfield, because they Very are true. a relatively small charity, but they obviously have an impact. Mm -hmm. So, following on from that, what is the most common, according to Copperfield, platform for prompting young people to check their chests? Ooh. Social media? Yep. Okay. Oh, I thought we were going to go into the types of social media. They Never. didn't get that specific, sorry. Yeah. Okay, so. Can we call it a draw? <laughs> Still got more points decide. to win. I don't want to, I don't want to decide. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how many women are affected by breast cancer each year in the UK? Ooh. Were you talking about affected or diagnosed? Diagnosed. 55,000. Mm -hmm. I was going to say 50,000. 50, yeah, 55. Mm. Okay. <laughs> 
So and just touching <laughs> just touching on um, a stat from that as well. So secondary breast cancer is where um, the initial primary source spreads to another part of the body, which it then becomes incurable. Um, so there are a lot of women living with that in the UK. How many do you think there are? Ooh. I'd say about 60,000. I'd say 120,000. 61,000. There we go. Andrew. We must have tripped in my head there, haven't we? Andrew. I mean, I do talk about it a lot. So. I'm listening. <laughs> Maybe. They're my questions for you. Can I call it baby brain? Um, okay, I think you beat me on that one. Mm. Okay. Well, we've both learned a lot from Jamie, so we Definitely. owe it to you. We're all winners here, mm. really, deep down. But mainly me. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, again, we really enjoy doing these special podcasts. And Jamie, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Um, and, you know, sort of going through some of those stats and recommendations of what employers can do to better support, you know, employees that may be going through that situation, be that directly or mm-hmm. inadvertently through, you know, a family member or a friend. Um, what we're going to do for this episode is we are going to put some resources into our um text on the podcast so we'll put some references in for the copperfield charity and the work that jamie and the boobets do to put out more information and education around breast cancer for both men and women um in the meantime we'll see you again next week where we'll talk more all about the world of work in hr payroll and finance i've been emma i've been andy see you next week cheers (laughs) 